0: What is Podcasting 2.0, and why does it matter? Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. The podcasting industry has grown a lot since its birth in 2004, but the core of what a podcast could be and what it could do hasn't really changed much in all of those years. Until now because Podcasting 2.0 revolutionizes the industry with highly requested innovations that will help everyone on all sides of the RSS feed. I want you to be excited about this. And to get you excited, I'm not going to bog you down with a lot of technical details about RSS tags and stuff like that. I really want to give you an overview of Podcasting 2.0, and it is constantly changing and improving and growing. So there's no way in a podcast episode it would be interesting. Could I include all the technical details? But I will have some links in the notes for you to get more information. And you can follow along with those notes, a tap or swipe away inside of your app, or go to the audacity to podcast.com slash podcasting two zero. So first, what is podcasting 2.0 podcasting was created by Adam Curry and Dave Weiner. Now Adam Curry, who is the only true pod father and Dave Jones. Are leading the way to the next generation of podcasting. And I'm thrilled to be an active contributor in this. And from when I first heard about Podcasting 2.0 from Adam Curry, I immediately emailed him and said, I want to be involved. I want to help with this. I want to contribute. Podcasting 2.0 is improving the podcast experience for listeners, for podcasters, for developers, and even for advertisers. So it benefits everyone. It's creating the next generation of podcasting by making podcasts more engaging. Podcasting 2.0 introduces new technical standards, new ways to monetize, and an independently maintained podcast catalog free from corporate and government censorship. Whether you're a listener, a podcaster, a podcast app developer, a podcasting service developer, or someone who advertises in podcasts, there's something to make podcasts better for you with Podcasting 2.0. Now first, let's cover just a little bit of necessary technical information. RSS, which stands for, now it stands for really simple syndication, is a particular standard of the coding language called XML, which stands for Extensible Markup Language. It's that word extensible that is key here. The way to extend XML or RSS is by adding what's called a namespace. And you're probably a little familiar with two popular namespaces already. The iTunes namespace that Apple Podcasts uses and that they created. It's stuff like iTunes colon author, iTunes colon category, stuff like that. That is the iTunes namespace, even though the name brand of iTunes is almost completely dead. It's now Apple Podcasts. Still, they use iTunes in the namespace. Maybe someday they'll replace that with Podcasting 2.0. We hope. So Apple created the iTunes namespace that added all of that podcasting information to RSS feeds, and that's now been considered kind of the standard and that's what most of the apps support because Apple paved a great path for many other podcast apps to support those things. So Apple has until recently really been the leader in setting the standards for the RSS feed, but not anymore because that's where podcasting 2.0 comes in. Another namespace you might be familiar with that I've talked about often in the Audacity to Podcast is the content encoded tag inside of your RSS feed. That is actually a different namespace too. That's the content namespace. If you ever are daring enough to look at the raw code of your RSS feed, you'll see all of these little tags and sections and this code. You might see something where it's a word, a colon, and another word. No spaces between those. That is using a tag from one of those namespaces. So Podcasting 2.0 introduces the podcast namespace. That's the way that we get these new features to a podcast and for apps and services to work with those new features is through the podcast namespace inside of the RSS feed. And the podcast namespace is adding all kinds of new tags. Now, eventually, the podcast namespace will offer a complete replacement for that iTunes namespace. So I do think that someday in the future, we'll see Apple stop promoting the iTunes namespace and fully adopt the podcast namespace. Because for one thing, I think Apple would love to finally completely kill the iTunes brand, but it also provides a way to support so many new features and to standardize things in a way that everyone can support without feeling like they're competing with Apple, like Google. When Google Play Music started supporting podcasts, Google added the Google namespace, which had so much redundancy with the iTunes namespace. But I guess Google just didn't want iTunes in there. Although the weird thing was, Google in most cases said that they supported the iTunes namespace, but they would use the Google tags if you put the Google tags in your feed. And most of the Google tags did the same things that the iTunes tags did. So it was just really wasting space. There were a couple areas where it wasn't completely the same and it just made the RSS feeds unnecessarily bloated and the process more complicated. But now we can have the podcast namespace that will eventually provide all the exact same features, but so much more. If you want to jump straight into the technical details of Podcasting 2.0 and the new podcast namespace, the site I highly recommend for that is podcastnamespace.org. That's created by James Cridland, who creates the Pod News newsletter. And I also highly recommend following the Podcasting 2.0 podcast to hear Adam Curry, Dave Jones, and frequent guests discuss the latest developments and ideas with Podcasting 2.0. That's really the best way for you as a podcaster to easily follow what's going on. And you've probably been hearing podcasts about podcasting talking about some of these new features, but the place to get that information is from the Podcasting 2.0 podcast. And if that's not visible inside of your podcast app, I do have a link to it in the show notes for this episode. So instead of covering all the specific technical details of every RSS tag that's being used and all of that, I really want to overview what I think is most important for you to know. Whether you're an audience member only, you're probably a podcaster if you're listening to this podcast, if you're a developer, and if you're an advertiser or you're working with advertisers. Because Podcasting 2.0 is for audiences, it's for podcasters, it's for developers, and it is even for advertisers. Everybody benefits from Podcasting 2.0. That's the most important thing I want you to take from this. Everybody benefits. So first, let's talk about how Podcasting 2.0 is for audiences. I think any change in podcasting and podcasts themselves should consider the audience first. Podcasting 2.0 has plenty to offer audiences to make their podcast consumption experience more interesting, more helpful, and more delightful even. So here are eight benefits that I see podcasting 2.0 brings for audiences. Number one, avoid corporate and government censorship through a free and open podcast catalog called the Podcast Index. This is really important these days. And you might think, oh, this is only for extremists or far left or far right or far middle or far out there podcasters. No, this is for everyone. Because I think in this day and age, no matter what your interests are, there is someone out there. Who wants to censor it? Either the way it's communicated, who is communicating, what's being communicated. That might not be in your country or in your area or in your favorite podcast apps, but it could be in other podcast apps, could be in other countries, it could be in other cultures. I'm not saying that all information is worth spreading, but I do think we need an index that is free from this corporate and government censorship that is becoming increasingly stronger. And the podcast index provides that. And this is a good thing. I have so much more to talk about that, but that's I'll save that for a different episode. Number two benefit, engage with podcasts and their communities with new interactive features, most likely inside of your podcast app. Number three, find podcasts easier with improved search and recommendations. This is great for you as a listener to find other podcasts you might like, to more easily find the right podcast. It's great for other listeners too, because the main thing we want for listeners is to find the right podcast. This is why so often I say when someone you meet is interested in trying a podcast, you really need to practice maybe not recommending your podcast to them, because they might not be the audience for your podcast. Maybe they are, but if they're not, help them to find the right podcast and podcasting 2.0 will make that easier for them to find the right podcast for them. Number four, share podcasts easier and especially the best parts of podcasts. Number five, support podcasters financially directly through the podcast app you're using. Number six, get expanded access to the content through innovations like transcripts and even real-time captions. And these might matter to you, Even if you're not hearing impaired or visually impaired, you might just want it so you can more easily remember the information or more easily understand what's being said. Transcripts and real-time captions aren't only for those with some kind of impairments. They have so many other benefits with them as well. Number seven, receive new episodes faster, within seconds of the episode being published. And I'm not talking within seconds, like thousands of seconds within a minute or two, maybe even faster than that often. And number eight, catch live stream shows and chat with the hosts and live audience without leaving your podcast app. And there's so much more too. And this is just covering the surface. Some of what I think is most important for podcast audiences and how they can benefit from podcasting 2.0. Podcasting 2.0 is, of course, also for podcasters. Now I'm going to get a little geeky again, and I need to get this geeky part out of the way. Despite my hopes and campaigning to move podcasting to a more modern format of JSON instead of RSS and XML, JSON stands for JavaScript Object Notation, J-S-O-N. It's an extremely popular data format used by most developers. And instead of moving to that, podcasting is still built on RSS and will continue in podcasting 2.0 then is built on RSS. So if you use a podcast publishing tool that supports Podcasting 2.0, you'll be able to leverage a bunch of new features that many podcast apps already support. So here are some of the benefits Podcasting 2.0 brings to you as a podcaster. Number one, get your latest episode to your audience more quickly. None of this stuff like, oh, I keep refreshing or I have to wait about 24 hours for it to show up. With Podcasting 2.0, If it's fully supported in the chain from your publishing tool to the podcast app, which that is the chain publishing tool, RSS feed podcast app. If it's fully supported in the tool you're using to publish your episodes and the app people are using to listen, then they get those episodes almost immediately. It's through some really innovative technology that I hope this word doesn't scare you away. It's built on the blockchain. Yes, the same thing that Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency is built on, but it's really the core technology that is behind that, this doesn't mean you have to have Bitcoin or something like that to make this work. You don't have to worry about these technical details. You shouldn't have to worry about them and your audience shouldn't either. And this is the way it should be in podcasting. You should be able to publish an episode and within a few seconds or a couple minutes of publishing that episode, your audience should have access to that. That's possible with podcasting 2.0. None of this waiting 24 hours at least or trying to refresh your feed or stuff like that. It is amazingly fast. Number two, engage your audience inside their podcast app, not through separate websites and all of that stuff, although you can still do that for the legacy apps out there, but inside of their podcast app through feedback, comments, live streams, live chats, and more. Number three, protect your podcast from corporate and government censorship by being in the free and open podcast index. Chances are you're already in it. And you can go to podcastindex.org to search for your podcast to see if you're not already in it, but you most likely are. Number four, make your podcast engaging and actionable with chapters you can create separately from your media files. Now, side note here, chapters for podcasts are not new. They've been supported for many, many years. Initially, it was through this thing called enhanced podcasting. And then in the last several years, it's been through MP3 chapters. And you can still do those if you want. I've used those for a while but those are built in the mp3. So if you ever wanted to change the chapter, you have to change the mp3 file, which means you have to re-upload the mp3 file, and that can present all kinds of complications for you depending on your publishing tool. That all goes away with Podcasting 2.0 because of what's commonly referred to in our group as cloud chapters. These are chapters that are then created and hosted separately from your media files and thus more easily integrate with your podcasting. And publishing workflow. And I'm excited watching this get developed by more and more apps and publishing tools, making it super easy and fun. Number five, more easily create snippets that you and your audience can share to help you grow your podcast. None of this stuff, like having to go to another app, they might be able to share the snippet right from your episode. If you go to the webpage for this episode at the audacity to podcasting 2.0, you will see about three quarters of the way down the page, you will see a tweet box that you can click on that and it tweets out a particular quote, an ultimatum that I'm making related to podcasting 2.0. That's a way that you can engage and share something from this episode. Imagine if that was built directly in your podcast app for your audience. So those poll quotes that you have or those great snippets that you know, this is a really popular section of my podcast I want to make it easier for my audience to share this section. You can do that with podcasting 2.0. And number six, monetize your podcast with modern options that are friendly to micropayments. Now, currently, this is primarily done through, and please, again, don't get scared off by this, but through cryptocurrency, Bitcoin specifically on the Lightning Network. And that those were a bunch of words. Yes, they are actual English words that might not mean much to you. But what's really cool about this and this idea of micropayments. Is that right now, if you accept donations for your podcast or support through Stripe, through PayPal, Patreon, anything like that, they take sometimes a pretty large chunk of the fee that could be unaffordable for receiving very small donations. Like depending on PayPal's system and PayPal's change their pricing structure and, and Stripe changes there. So many of these systems often have a percentage that they take from your incoming payment as well as some flat amount. Like 30 cents, for example, has been a common amount. So if you wanted to receive 25 cents from your audience and your audience wanted to give you a quarter for a podcast episode, yes, that's a very tiny amount and it doesn't sound like much. But Imagine if all of your audience gave you a quarter. That can be a lot. So that's a micropayment. You can't accept a quarter through PayPal. PayPal would eat the fee. I'm not sure if PayPal would even allow someone to send 25 cents. And for someone to mail a check to you for 25 cents is ridiculous, too, because the stamp costs more than that. But with Podcasting 2.0, it presents these really fun ways that it is even fun for your audience to support your podcast through micropayments that are cryptocurrency based. And that doesn't mean you have to hold on to cryptocurrency and such, but you could just cash out the cryptocurrency very quickly. You could hold on to it if you wanted to. But this kind of cryptocurrency could be automatically streamed to you, like where your podcast audience loads their podcast app with maybe they put in $20 for a month and their podcast app then automatically gives that to whatever podcast they're listening to that supports monetization through podcasting 2.0. It's referred to as the value for value model. And there's certainly a lot more to discuss about that in future episodes and in other places about how to implement all of that. But it's an exciting development that I think could make it easier and more accessible for a larger portion of your audience to support your podcast with however much they feel it's worth. And yes, even if you're only getting 25 cents from someone instead of $5 or $10 or something like that, what if you could then get 25 cents from a larger portion of your audience instead of only the 2% that might be donating? And this is, again, just scratching the surface for what Podcasting 2.0 brings to podcasters in the benefits and ways that you can more easily engage with your audience and make your podcast better. Podcasting 2.0 is also for developers. New features and benefits are only usable if developers build support for them, and this requires work on both sides of the RSS feed. That's your publishing tool, like your website or your podcast hosting provider, and the podcast apps your audience uses. I've been involved in several other initiatives to try advancing podcasting, and I'm not going to name any of them here so as to not throw anyone under the bus, so to speak, but it wouldn't really matter if I told you the names of these other initiatives because you've probably never heard of them, and that's because none of them had the wide developer support and enthusiasm that Podcasting 2.0 has. So some of the ideas that are being developed in Podcasting 2.0 were thought of in these other groups. Most of the ideas weren't. But what's so different about Podcasting 2.0 is that it has the momentum behind it. The podcasters are learning about it. You're learning about it. This is why I'm talking about it, because it has this momentum. I've never talked about those other systems that were in development because nothing really happened. It was just discussion of ideas, no actual implementation, let alone any apps or publishing tools that supported any of these things. But Podcasting 2.0 has wide developer support in both cutting edge podcast apps and more and more of them starting to support many of these features and podcast publishing tools starting to support these podcasting 2.0 features. So if you are a developer and you make a podcast app or a podcasting service, you can make that experience for your users, whether they're listeners or other podcasters, you can make that better by supporting podcasting 2.0. And if you're not a developer, don't tune out. Because you can share this with those developers of those apps and services that you like. So, here are some of the benefits of Podcasting 2.0 for developers. Number one, access a free, open, maintained catalog of podcasts free from corporate and political censorship. Have you noticed that this benefits everyone? It really does. And that's why I've listed it under each of these points so far. Number two, get new episodes to your users faster and Without having to build a large scraping or updating engine to update the millions of podcast feeds out there just looking for new episodes, instead of going out there and looking for new episodes, your app can just monitor a super simple service that doesn't require expensive processing time. This is even environmentally friendly to use this service instead of checking a million or several million podcast feeds. Monitor the Podpain service and your app, and your service can deliver new episodes to the audiences so much faster and so, so much more affordably, too. Number three, enable monetization and support options within your app, even with the acceptable possibility that you could earn a small fee from those transactions for someone supporting their favorite podcast. It could be 1%, 2%, something like that. I don't recommend making a very high fee. But the more and more that podcast listeners use this, then the more that you could make money from your podcast app through taking a small cut of the fee. Just make sure if you do that, make sure you disclose what that amount is and disclose that you're doing it so that the podcasters know about that. And it might even be helpful to disclose that to the podcast audiences before they support so that they can know that a small percentage will be taken out. although. I think at this point, maybe people are just familiar with that's going to happen. Number four, make your app more accessible with transcripts and captions. Again, this does not benefit only the hearing impaired or people like that. This can benefit many other people. This can benefit search. This can benefit usability, can benefit retention of the information. There are all kinds of benefits to supporting transcripts and captions in podcasting. And you can make your app do that. By supporting Podcasting 2.0. Number five, protect your users' privacy while also helping podcasters understand their reach. It's not something like, well, either you can understand your reach or you can protect the audience's privacy. It can be both with Podcasting 2.0. And number six, implement fun and engaging features like live streaming notifications, dynamic chapters, cross app comments, and more that can keep people coming back to your app. For their podcasts instead of going to other apps, but they can stay inside your app to do all of their engagement with the podcasts they listen to that support podcasting 2.0 when your app or service support podcasting 2.0. Developers need to be leading the way on this. Whichever side of the RSS feed you're developing for, whether you're consuming the RSS feed with a podcast app, or you're helping podcasters create their RSS feeds, you need to be the one leading in this industry, bringing support for what's already out there and helping podcasters to support more of these features. And Podcasting 2.0 is even for advertisers. Yes, advertisers do need to benefit from podcasting innovations, and I think they can and will benefit from Podcasting 2.0. Advertisers, combine to really be a huge part of the financial backbone for many large podcasts. And here's the other important thing. Even if you don't have advertisers, they really help leverage a much bigger audience for podcasts because there are some really big podcasts out there that the only way they can do what they do is with the help of advertisers. And many of those big podcasts, like Think of Serial and other very popular podcasts, Bring a new audience to the podcast industry, and that benefits everyone. Like they say, a rising tide floats all boats. So, some of the benefits that I see for advertisers with Podcasting 2.0 are number one, make ad spots more actionable with interactive, timely calls to action. Number two, get better analytics for ad impressions. And number three, find the right podcast for partnership opportunities. There's probably more, probably much more. The advertisers can benefit from podcasting 2.0. But these are some of the things that I thought of. And I'd certainly love to hear from you what some of your ideas are. I know some people are extremely anti advertising, and that's fine. You don't have to have ads in your podcast. You don't even have to monetize your podcast if you don't want to. But I think that innovation in podcasting does need to consider the advertisers. And I think they will benefit from what we're already building, even though we're primarily focusing on the audiences and on the podcasters, I think advertisers can still benefit from that. So Podcasting 2.0 is for everyone on all sides of the RSS feed, for listeners, for podcasters, for developers, and even for advertisers. I am so much in support of Podcasting 2.0 that I consider this the new litmus test for podcasting tools. I've previously considered the IAB measurement guideline a requirement, not just to say that they follow the IAB guidelines, but to be certified that they're following the IAB measurement guidelines. I've considered that a requirement for any podcast hosting provider, and I do still hold that. But think about this. Accurate stats matter only to podcasters and advertisers. Stats probably don't matter to your audience. So now I'm adding podcasting 2.0 to the litmus test for podcasting tools. And I think this is even more important than IAB certified measurement. And I don't mind making an ultimatum about this. And this is where if you agree with this, then please go to the website, theaudacitytopodcast.com slash podcasting20 and click on the tweet button under this point. My ultimatum is this. If your podcast publishing tools do not already support Podcasting 2.0, switch. Yes, that may seem extreme, but Podcasting 2.0 has been in active development since 2020. It is September 2022 right now. So we've already got two years behind us. And some of the features are so easy to support that podcasting tools really have no excuse for not integrating even the simplest features. So at this point, Two years into this, while I'm recording this episode, I would be concerned if a podcasting tool is so far behind on the latest podcast standards that they haven't added any support for Podcasting 2.0 yet. And even if it's a publishing tool that is innovating in their own way, they need to be supporting the open podcast standards of Podcasting 2.0. Now, some good news about this is That the same publishing tools and services I've recommended for years are not only implementing podcasting 2.0 features, but they're also actively participating in the conversations and development and innovating on ideas. They're not just consumers of the ideas, they're givers too. They are adding their own voices saying, Hey, what if we made it work a little bit like this? Or, Yeah, we tried doing that. Here are some of the problems we ran into. It is so exciting to see this being supported by so many in podcasting that make podcasting possible. Again, that ultimatum, if your podcast publishing tools do not already support podcasting 2.0, switch. But before you do switch, I recommend that you still ask them if they are supporting or when they will be supporting podcasting 2.0 features, because it's very possible they could be very close to launching support for some of them. However, I still think they might be a little bit too late at this point because we're so far into this and there's still so much more coming. So if you want to take advantage of podcasting 2.0 as a podcaster, since most likely, since you're listening to this, you're most likely a podcaster or you're involved in podcasting in some way, Your podcast publishing tool really needs to support these new features. That's where it starts. And I'm not going to try to list all of the podcasting 2.0 features. There is a link to a page on the website, podcastindex.org, that does list a bunch of apps and services that do support these features. And you can see an overview of which apps support what features and what services are available that you could use to get access to certain features. It's constantly changing. It wouldn't be timeless for me to share that in this episode, but I will share with you four different options that I recommend that do already support Podcasting 2.0 features and have been working on the support from the very early days of Podcasting 2.0. First, my favorite right now, and and this is how I publish the Audacity to Podcast feed, is WordPress with PowerPress. Blueberry's free PowerPress plugin already supports some Podcasting 2.0 and Andy Lehman's Podcast Namespace plugin can add even more of those cutting edge features like value for value and more. PowerPress does work with any podcast hosting provider, but I really think that you'll get the best experience using PowerPress if you pair that with Blueberry's own podcast hosting. And I have a link in the notes that you can sign up for Blueberry with a discount or use my promo code Noodle to save when you sign up for Blueberry hosting. Another service I recommend is Buzzsprout. Yeah, I do recommend Buzzsprout. They're very easy to use. And I've been amazed at how quickly Buzzsprout has built support for Podcasting 2.0 features in their publishing tools. And some of these features even come from stuff that Buzzsprout had already developed. And now it's been brought into the Podcasting 2.0 family of official features. Plus, Buzzsprout supports the PodPing feature that pushes instant notifications of new episodes and feed updates to podcast apps out there. And my third recommendation, Libsyn. Although Libsyn hasn't been as fast to support podcasting 2.0 features inside of the publishing tools, they do this technical thing called declaring the namespace inside of your RSS feed. So they do support the basic core of defining it and some of the features. But what's really cool about Libsyn, this is also dangerous too if you aren't careful, is that Libsyn offers an advanced field on your overall show settings and also your individual episodes, and that advanced field lets you add custom RSS tags to your RSS feed. Use this with extreme caution, and if you can't look at an RSS tag and see what's going on with it, then I'd probably recommend not trying this unless you know for sure the code that you're copying and pasting works. This does mean dealing with some XML and RSS code when Libsyn doesn't offer the easy field for that feature. But this openness of being able to add whatever RSS tags that you want does make Libsyn the most extensible for Podcasting 2.0, letting you add support for nearly all of the Podcasting 2.0 features if you're comfortable working with that advanced mode. And then the fourth recommendation is Captivate. I used to be on Captivate's advisory board until they were acquired by Global, but I still highly recommend Captivate because of how well they build their features. They might not be the quickest to support podcasting 2.0 features, but you can trust that they'll implement them really well in their fantastic interface. This is one of the reasons why I loved being part of Captivate while I could serve on the advisory board because of how well. They developed these features and how much thought and care went into how things were developed. It wasn't just willy-nilly, here's a thing, we'll jam in there somewhere. But it was so well thought out. I really like that. So WordPress with PowerPress, Buzzsprout, Libsyn, and Captivate, those are my top recommendations. And if you visit the links in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash podcasting20. I am an affiliate for most of these, so if you purchase through one of those links or through my promo codes, I probably will earn a commission of some sort. But remember, I recommend things I truly believe in, regardless of earnings. Now before you switch, again though, if you're not on one of these services, if you're on something else, before you switch, check with your provider or providers. They might already have some of the features, and you might just not have noticed it, or they might be extremely close to launching support. And if nothing else, hearing your request for Podcasting 2.0 features and support can add to the voices for positive pressure on the development. And if you hear that excuse that involves Apple, Spotify, or Google in some way, remind whoever is giving you that excuse, maybe it's yourself, remind whoever that is, that there are already hundreds of thousands of podcasts leveraging these new features. And it's the publishing tools or hosting providers that must lead the way in adding the new features to podcast RSS feeds. Then popular podcast apps will be more eager to compete with support for the features that are already in the podcast feeds, like transcripts, the person tag, value for value funding, although that one can be a little bit more complicated to support, chapters, and so much more. Some of these very front facing benefits. Many apps are already supporting and many of the publishing tools are already supporting. It comes to this point that who cares if Spotify doesn't support it? We, as podcasters, need to be leading the way with these standards, especially in the podcasting industry. The developers need whichever side of the RSS feed they're developing for. They need to add support for these features. So don't fall for that excuse. Don't fall into the chicken versus the egg argument. We need the hosting providers, the publishing tools, to add the support for these features first. And again, if your podcast publishing tools do not already support Podcasting 2.0, switch. If you agree with that, go to the website and tweet it out as well. Now, maybe this has enthused you. Maybe you are excited to add your voice to some of this. Whether you're a programmer or a podcaster or a listener, you have some ideas. Hey, it would be really cool if blank or I'd love to do blank, or whatever that is, if you have ideas, or just opinions even about anything around Podcasting 2.0, you can get involved too. And here are the places to learn more and get involved, and you don't need to be a programmer to get involved with this. I do have these links in the show notes. A couple of these are probably easy enough to remember. First, podcastindex.org. This is the home site for Podcasting 2.0 and the Open Podcast Index catalog. So that might link to other sites and services where you can learn more or get involved, but that is the home base for podcasting 2.0. Then podcastindex.social. That is the Mastodon powered social network that works similarly to Twitter, and it's probably the best place and easiest to use place to share and respond to ideas. You could sign up, get on there and say as a podcaster or as a podcast listener or whatever you are, you could say I would love to see a feature that does whatever that thing is. And then the third place, this is a bit more technical though, is GitHub. On GitHub, everything running behind Podcasting 2.0 is open source. So on GitHub, you can report issues, you can propose code or standards, you can have more thorough conversations on GitHub and show code and examples and stuff like that. It is a bit geekier. And you can also just comment on certain things without any code. And there are multiple GitHub repositories Under the podcast index brand. But the most important one for you is probably the podcast namespace repository, which I linked to specifically in the show notes for this episode. That's where most of the conversation happens the proposals, the code, the ideas, the reports of errors, stuff like that. And even if all you have is an opinion, you can still participate in the conversation. You can share your experience, you can share your ideas, your opinions. The last thing about all of this is do not accept cheap imitations. You may hear some companies, (coughs) Spotify, (coughs) claim to be innovating podcasting with proprietary features and saying, this has never been done before. (sighs) Nope. Nope. Just, just no. Some of these things that, again, Spotify are claiming have been done before, like video podcasting. Oh, podcast movement 2022, there was so much conversation about, oh, you need to get into video podcasting. Video is going to be the next big thing with podcasting. Video was big in podcasting when podcasting first came out. Back in 05, I brought my full-time job's entire office bandwidth down to a crawl because of the video podcasts that I was watching back then. So video podcasts aren't new. And some of these other things that <clears throat> Spotify, and others are trying to innovate with are proprietary features that might work only in their app. Like video podcasts on Spotify are not podcasts that you can subscribe to with another podcast app. It's proprietary stuff. And that's hurting the podcast industry. So please kindly, emphasis there, kindly pressure these companies to stop pushing proprietary technologies that will only harm the podcast industry and instead kindly pressure them to embrace the open podcast standards of podcasting 2.0. You can go to newpodcastapps.com to find some apps to show as examples of how some of these things are being implemented. Just don't accept cheap imitations. It needs to be podcasting 2.0 or nothing, really. Again, that ultimatum, if your podcast publishing tools do not already support podcasting 2.0, switch. And for those podcast apps that you like, whatever it is, please kindly, again, emphasis on the kindly, please kindly pressure these companies to stop pushing the proprietary stuff and instead support the open future of podcast technology through podcasting 2.0. Now I've mentioned several links here. I've mentioned several things that you might want to go back and review. So the show notes for this episode are a tap or a swipe away inside your podcast app or go to the slash podcasting20. Thank you so much for the positive podcast reviews that I've received through Apple Podcasts, through Podchaser, and other places. I really appreciate those. And I think I want to get back to giving a shout out for some of the podcasts that are represented among the audience. And the tool that I use for that is my own creation, mypodcastreviews.com. And there is a 2.0 version of that coming in the near future as well. I'm really excited about what's coming with that and even a branding change coming for that. But to learn more about that so that you can save time, you don't have to have the headache of looking for your podcast reviews. You get it all delivered automatically to you, like I get my reviews delivered automatically to me before I record my episodes. Go to mypodcastreviews.com. There's a free trial. Sign up. Try it out for your podcast. You can even track your competitors' podcasts too. Go over there. And I'm excited about the future of that service as well, because I'll be bringing podcasting 2.0 features to that as well in the near future with the 2.0 launch that's coming soon. I can't give a definite deadline on that, but it's soon. I hope you'll check it out at mypodcastreviews.com. That is my primary business right now and where I earn my living to be able to provide for myself and my son. So if you want to support me, Best way to do that is be a customer of mypodcastreviews.com. The other thing, I've mentioned some of this value for value stuff. The Audacity to Podcast is Podcasting 2.0 compliant. So you might notice if you're using a Podcasting 2.0 button that you have the option to boost or to support this podcast through boostergrams, through boosting, through sending payments via the Lightning Network, stuff like that. If you're familiar with that, I'd be very grateful for that. I haven't decided yet what my threshold will be on what I will read in the podcast and such, but any amount that you decide to give or to support through buying my products and services, I am extremely grateful for that. And I hope that you will implement some of these Podcasting 2.0 ideas and technologies into your own podcast. So now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to start and grow your own podcast for passion and profit. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from the AudacityToPodcast.com. Thanks for listening.